Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Today on the show, I'm pleased to be joined by an author of the new book called The Assist, a gospel-centered guide to glorifying God through sports. And I must say, there are so many topics that he brings up in this interview and, and in the, well, I bring him up in the interview, but he brings him up in the book uh, just about, you know, what does it look like to really be a Christian athlete? And, and what does it look like to really glorify God in all areas of our life? What does it even mean to glorify God? And, and so I think it's an important conversation to have and a topic to, to think about, to study, to read about. And, and so Brian's done a nice job with that. And so uh, stick around at the end of the interview. I'll give a few more thoughts about what we discussed. Uh, I encourage you to check out our website, unpackingit.com. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, be sure to do so. And then also subscribe to our weekday email devotional that we call Unpack This. Each day we take a, a topic in sports and relate it to the Bible and relate it to our own lives and so you can sign up for free on unpackingit.com. And then also, in our podcast feed, you can listen to the two-minute timeout where we take one of the devotionals from the week and turn it into audio form for you to enjoy uh, for a quick two minutes when you're listening to your podcasts, So, including this interview podcast. So uh, really appreciate your support. Excited to, to, to share this interview with you today. But let's jump right in. It's Brian Smith. Brian, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Bryce. I am doing great. It is, well, it, we have six inches of snow in Madison, Wisconsin right now. So no. It, it, it's sunny, so I'm happy about that, but not happy that I had to shovel the driveway this morning. Oh, my goodness. We're talking in April. you got to be kidding me. That's unbelievable. I know. Well, gosh, d- despite the uh, the snow there, and I, I, not to rub it in, but it's a beautiful day here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, regardless of, of what it's like outside, we know that, that sports are, are always on. Sports are always taking place. And, and you wrote a, a, just a, a fascinating book uh, really geared toward – the, the Christian athlete and understanding what it means to to play for God's glory. What is that? What does that look like? What does that practically look like? And so there's so many just elements to this book that are valuable. And, and so today, I just want to kind of cover a few of the topics and, and specifically look at it even from the fans perspective, because I think many of, of us as sports fans, we watch athletes, we hear them in, in interviews and in, in postgame interviews and we, we take a lot of things for granted without really looking a little bit deeper. And so today, uh, we're going we're gonna to cover a couple of those topics. And so at the beginning of, of your book, you, you asked or somebody asked you the question and you wanted to kind of tackle that throughout your book was, so you think God cares about sports? And, and a, a, an athlete asked you that. So, so give us kind of a, a, an initial response to that and then we can really jump in. Yeah, so the initial response to that is that when we're answering that question, does God care about sports? Obviously, we have to look to the Bible and say, does God say anything about sports in the Bible? And the the first answer to that is, you know, honestly, not really. He doesn't say that much about sports. But but if you take it a layer deeper, he says a lot about sports and that the 
the message that the Bible gives us is applicable throughout all areas of, of life. And so for my dad, who's been an electrician for 40 years, the, the question would be like, does God care about his work as an electrician? I would say absolutely he does. And the, the Bible is very applicable to his work as an electrician. Um, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My, my dad's job is to figure out how to apply a verse like that in the context of being an electrician. The same thing with my mom as a secretary. And for, for athletes, it, it holds true too. Like the the goal is what does it look like in the context of sports to be obedient to what the Bible says. And we need to take the, the verses of the Bible and figure out how, how can we apply this within the context of an athlete. And so I, I absolutely believe that God cares about sports. He's given us an incredible context where we're dealing with uh, relational issues. We're dealing with the ups and downs struggles of life. We're dealing with issues of platform and having an ability to leverage that. And the, ch- the challenge then is figuring out how can we do that within this unique context that he's given us. Absolutely. And so, so athletes, I think, have a sense that, that God does care about sports. I think many do and, and many that, that want to be vocal about their faith. And, and so something that you, you discussed through, throughout the book and it's kind of an underlying concept is, is the fact that many times we hear athletes, specifically after a game, that, that first and foremost, I want to give all glory to God. So at the surface, why do you think athletes feel the need to do that and, and, and even feel the, the willingness or openness or the, that it's acceptable for them to do that just from a, a, a practical standpoint or why they do that, what do you think? Yeah, this is tough because I don't want to judge the intentions of somebody's heart without having to you know, be in a relationship with them and fully understand. But from working with athletes for 10 years and being an athlete myself since I was you know, 10 or 11 years old, I think, first of all, like it is a, a good thing to want to redirect the conversation and, and put the attention back on God. Like there, there is nothing wrong with that at all. I, I think it absolutely needs to be celebrated. But and I mentioned this in the, the book, my fear is that it, it's almost become just a cliche saying that it's, it's almost like this go to saying that we know, okay, I know I want to give God credit. So I know this is exactly what I need to say to do that. And it doesn't seem like we we have a full picture of really what that means to glorify God. It, it's almost like we've gotten confused in thinking what God really cares about is the outcome of the game. Because really, when we hear people giving glory to God, it, it's most likely after an incredible performance or after they just won a game. And so my fear, and I, I mentioned this in the book too, is that we, we're subtly starting to assume that what God is after is the incredible performance incredible performance or the, the win when really God, God is after our heart. And so giving glory to God through your sport is, is much more than the outcome. And it might not even include the outcome at all. It really is about our, our heart posture throughout that competition, but then throughout the, the rest of the week as an athlete too. Brian Smith, our guest right now, he's written the book, The Assist, A Gospel-Centered Guide to Glorifying God Through Sports. And, and so athletes do this they 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 at least with their their words many times publicly will say hey i want to give glory to god but but taking that a little bit further even for for you you and me and anybody listening there's something in us that that wants to give 
God glory. And, and so you, you talk about that from a biblical perspective. Let us know a little bit about what that means and, and really what glory even means. Yeah, so th- this is one of the things that I, I want to start off with with the book, like I really did from, from chapter one, want to address this. Um, this issue of it, it seems like everybody talks about this word, like it, it's cliche. It, it's come cliche because we, we use it so often. And so I, I wanted to tackle the issue. Okay. What does it actually mean to, to give God glory? And it's funny, Bryce, as I was researching and doing stuff for the book, I found myself like, I, I don't even know if I really completely understand what it is. And so after reading people that are much smarter than me and <laughs> seeking advice and getting into the word, um, I, I really boiled it down to, and I, I mentioned it in the book in the first chapter, that giving glory to God means thinking and acting in a way that pleases God and draws attention to who he is. And so I think we really, if we want to give glory to God, we need to, we need to start with what does glory actually mean instead of just throwing around this really weighty and, and potentially confusing word. And, and even with that, then, so we, okay, how do we actually give it? And so you, you talked all about it, wrote about it, but, but in a, in a, I guess as, and, and you even talked about it, it's hard to simplify, but, but how yeah. do we actually give glory? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the, the tricky part because it, it involves both thinking and acting. And so the, the book really unpacks that in, in multiple different ways, but at a practical level, we, we give glory to God when we think about him and act and act in a way that pleases him and draws attention to who he is. And so practically for me this morning, that means, okay, I'm, I'm looking outside at my trees that are covered in snow. There's snow <laughs> everywhere. And I'm, I'm having a heart of appreciating that as, as hard as, as it is right now and being thankful that I get to see the beauty that's out there. And so this inward posture of my heart, that's trying to, in this moment, be thankful to God, I believe is glorifying to him because I'm taking the situation that I'm in and I'm reading, redirecting it back to, to thinking about him in a way that honors him. Love it. Brian Smith, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's on staff with Athletes in Action at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and his book is called The Assist, A Gospel-Centered Guide to Glorifying God Through Sports. And, and something that, that I thought was, was important that you, you wrote about was this idea that that God is not a fan, and and so can you can you describe that a little bit to us today? Yeah, so and I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Is we we so often in our giving God glory do so after an incredible performance, which, which builds on this assumption of okay, God God must he must be impressed by by what happened at, at some level, and so I wanted to. Uh, right out of the gate in the book, talk about, okay, how are we supposed to view God as an athlete? Is it supposed to be as a a fan? And when you look at the narrative of scripture, the way he identifies with with his people more often than not is as a father. And so I I think that is huge for athletes to understand that, that when we see, when we're competing and when we're thinking about our life as an athlete, um, if we view God as a fan, that's a, a dangerous caricature to put him in because that means when we, when we do really well, he's going to be really excited and pumped up about us. But it means when we do poorly and maybe when we don't get our, give our best effort that he's going to be disappointed and frustrated. 
uh, with us. And that, that's how a fan acts. That is not how God acts. And so what would it look like if Christian athletes or really athletes everywhere viewed God as, as a loving father figure who, when things go well, absolutely. He's going to, he's going to celebrate and want to enter into that joy with us. But when things don't go well, which is a very normal athletic experience, what would it look like to view God in a way that he he's a, a nurturer who wants to come alongside of us and pick us back up? Man, and so along those lines too, this concept, okay, if God isn't a, a fan and in the, in the kind of the way that we view that, then what does it mean to play for an audience of one, a, a saying that has you know caught on and, and I think you know a lot of guys have the right intentions with that, but but how does that phrase make you nervous a little bit or, or maybe, how is that misunderstood? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if it makes me nervous at all. Like I, I, I love that phrase. I love what it stands for. This idea that w- when we enter into competition, the the heart behind it is that we would drown out all the noise. That yeah, yeah, we would still listen to our coach and be there for our teammates. But the the heart motivation behind everything we do would be not not playing for God, but playing with God in a sense. Like we're not performing for him, but we really are um, playing a game and drawing him into the experience with us, knowing that, okay, he he's not impressed with us. He's the God that created the entire universe, but, but he does experience joy, I believe, when we use the gifts that he's given us to their maximum ability. And I, I think where I get a little nervous with that phrase is that we we've almost pigeonholed it to just, athletic competition. And so I, I would push back on somebody who, who loves that, that phrase and hashtags it all, all the time. Okay. What, what would it look like for you to play for an audience of one in practice? What would it look like for you to, to leverage that audience of one reality in the midst of an injury or, or even like late at night on, on our computers, what does it look like to, to search the internet for an audience of one? And so really having that be an all encompassing motto and not just, okay, when I'm, when I'm in front of 10,000 people, I'm going to pull this out and, and leverage it. Wow. And, well, and too, that, that we're not living and, and playing for the response from, from fans and, and, and being motivated by that. And, and you talked a lot about uh, motivation in, the, in this book, too. And, and how does that line get blurred that, that we, we have a sense that, that we need to perform with our jobs, but specifically athletes have this, this sense and they, they, they love the, the applause and, and there's something, you know, uh, wonderful about it at, on the surface, but, but how important is it to, to view the, the glory of God through that lens when it comes to the motivation of, of why we play and, and why we, we do what we can do every day? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, it's pretty clear in the Bible that God first and foremost is after the heart. And so we, we could say all the right things and, you know, we could give glory to God after the competition. We could shake the the hand of the opposing players and the refs and sit like outwardly look like we have it all together and are doing the right things. But, but God really is after our heart. And it, when you talk about getting after the heart, that's what motivation is all about. And obviously like this, it's easy to talk about things in extremes like, yeah, you should always have the proper motivation. Absolutely. But, but what I want people to, to realize is that there's always going to be some, um, 
there's going to be a little bit of gray in that too. Like you can have the best of intentions, but even in those great intentions, like let's, let's say you really do want to play for the glory of God. Guess what? You're probably not going to do that perfectly. I did not when I was an athlete (laughs) and that's okay. But, but what does it look like then to step back and, and really, really measure those motivations on the back end and being able to have a heart of repentance and just saying, God, I, I did not have good motivation during that competition. Would you forgive me? and help me to do it better next time. I, I think that's a glorifying prayer to, to give to God. Well, well, Brian, kind of the, the, the final thought that I wanted to, uh, to, to kind of end on, because I started off with, with kind of talking about, okay, we hear athletes say, all right, you know, first off, glory to God at the end of games. Most of the time, it's after a win. We've also seen athletes become very vocal on social media, and they're willing to, to share their faith. And, and unpacking it, we love it. We interview athletes. They come on. They share their story of faith. When we're encouraged yeah, and, and inspired by these guys. Uh, but but in, in light of the, the heart behind this book and, and what you kind of discovered through your research, uh, when it comes to a platform and, and, and how an athlete can really glorify God with their platform, what are, what are some of the takeaways that, that, that we can kind of understand today? I think that's that's become a word that we throw around a lot. And for good reason, athletes really do have, I mean, I refer to it often at Wisconsin as a cultural microphone. Like for some reason, people just care about what, what athletes have to say. And that's an incredible thing that, that athletes need to, to steward really, really well. So when we talk about um, platform and having the ability to, to speak to an audience that's listening, I think the two main things that we need to understand as athletes and people who, who are around athletes is that we need to one, know the gospel really, really well, which means we need to consistently preach it to ourselves and can continue to unpack, okay, what, what are the implications for this in my own life? And, and we need to be willing to, to share it at the drop of a hat. If, if we're going to be in a position where people care about what we have to say, the thing that we should say and talk about more often than anything else should be the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So that's, that's first and foremost, what platform is all about. It's leveraging that opportunity to bring people to, to Christ through the power of the Holy spirit. And then secondly, I mentioned like we, we also need to know our story really, really well. So that means practicing it. It means bringing some along, someone alongside you and going over it and saying, what are parts of my story that need to be, cleared up. So if and when I do get that opportunity, um, I, I can I can speak it clearly in a way that brings the gospel into it and honors Jesus. Amen. Brian Smith, his book, The Assist, A Gospel-Centered Guide to Glorifying God Through Sports. And, and I got to tell you, one, one of the most impactful parts of this book, and, and maybe we'll end with this because I, I hope that, that people can kind of shift their, their perspective and view, and this, this portion of the book may help with that, was was when you talked about a a view of God from your refrigerator and and talking about your your six year old son and how he 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 makes a painting for you or draws something for you and and your response to that you, you wrote about it but just real quickly can, can we maybe end on that note just pointing things toward God and and, and understanding who God really is <laughs> so it, it went back to viewing God as a father and we. First of all, we need to understand that God is going to be a, a better father than any of us fathers out there. And so I just I compared this to my own experience as a dad. I had a son who came home from Sunday school and he had draw drew me this this picture, which honestly, like it, it was not that good, but he was so incredibly proud of it. 
Um, and what I loved about the picture as a dad was that my son's name is Hudson was I know that while he's drawing this picture the whole time, he's thinking, my dad's going to love this. I'm doing this, this for my dad. He's not comparing himself to the people around them. Um, there was a heart posture behind it where I knew he, he was proud of it because he knew that I was going to love it. Um, but, but also to understand, like I, I was not going to stick that when we're talking about, okay, how impressive is, is something like that. I was not going to stick it on uh, my refrigerator and, and hashtag it, or he was not rather going to hashtag it for dad's glory. This is all about dad. It, it was this, this intimate moment between my son and I, where he did something that he, he thought I was going to like. And I just thought that was incredible to think, okay, what does that look like carrying that over into the, the realm of athletics when we're doing things with this mindset of this is, I'm doing this with God and this is for God, my father, I'm drowning out everybody else in this moment. And I'm really seeking to, to be in relationship with him and to please him through my athletic performance. Mm, that's great. Well, let, let's end it on that note because I, I think that's, that's very powerful when, when we grasp that uh, to do it just to, to please the Lord and to, to find this, this joy and intimacy in, in bringing glory to God and it's a, a profound and complicated topic. But, Brian, I think you did a great job of, of simplifying and, and offering a lot of just practical ways to, to really do that through sports. But I think it, it resonates in, in all areas of life as well. So, Brian, thanks for writing the book, The Assist, A Gospel-Centered Guide to Glorifying God Through Sports. And, and thanks so much for joining us here on Unpacking It Today. Thanks for having me, Bryce. Appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it. There's Brian Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Smith AIA and, and find out where you can buy the book and uh, highly recommend checking that out. Thanks so much to Brian Smith. I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation. And my big takeaway today for the podcast is, is what we ended the conversation with. And that was about this, this image of God as our loving father who is more concerned about our, our heart and our motives and, and just our desire to enjoy him and to please him and to think about him when we're doing things. And, and so to think about the simplicity of, of a young kid drawing something for his dad because he knows his dad is going to love it, I think is such a beautiful picture. And, and, and I just, I, I'm so encouraged by that because it's so easy in the, the performance-based culture that we live in, from sports to media, radio, podcast, to sales, to making money. It's all about performance, performance, performance. And so often we think, okay, once I have all this success, once I win, once I do this, all glory to God. And in some ways, we're just you know, we're, we're glad that we did something great and we love being great. And then we, you know, don't want to be too prideful. So we'll say, oh, glory to God. But when we really think about what that means in the process and the moment by moment interaction that we have with God, the moment by moment position of our heart, our, our focus, our mind, and, and that whether we win or lose, whether we get the sale or we don't get the sale, God can get glory in our love for him, our desire to please him, and in the way that we we interact with others along the way and the way that we choose his way over our own way and the ways of the world and, and all that sort of thing. So 
is a wonderful reminder to think about and, and to think about how wonderful our God the Father really is. And, and so, so grateful for that message, and I hope that that was encouraging to you. If you have any questions about today's show, we'd love to hear from you. Any feedback, uh, give me a shout, Bryce at unpackingit.com, Bryce at unpackingit.com, and we'd love to hear from you. But thanks for listening today. Be sure to check out our other podcasts, uh, a couple recent ones, London Fletcher, Ben Crane, Pat Williams, and I hope you'll enjoy all of those interviews as well. And follow me on Twitter, Bryce radio until next time i'm bryce johnson a sports fan who follows jesus this is the unpacking it podcast